Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. When you study the scriptures very carefully, you hardly find any time the people of God gathered together in prayer and God didn't show up. Bible very carefully. God has such affinity, such attraction. God has such draw towards the gathering of his people. So right from the birth of the church, before the church was born, they, were, they had gathered. Jesus led them and told them to stay together. Their Holy Spirit could not come on an individual. He had to come on a gathering. So when the day of Pentecost was fully, they were all together. See, all together. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. They were all together in one place with one accord. They were not scattered in different places. They were in one place in one accord. And suddenly, because the time has come, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So, God's agenda was to get a corporate people. So Abraham was not good enough. Even though he was good enough to be a father, he wasn't good enough to be a people. Isaac was not good enough. Jacob, he took Jacob through several processes to be able to break him to become a a people. So when he had an encounter with God, he said, what's your name, Jacob? No, I need an Israel, not a Jacob. Even though I'm the God of Jacob. The reason I'm the God of Jacob is to produce Israel. The reason why God was the God of Abraham was to produce Israel. The reason why God was the God of Isaac was to produce Israel. The reason why the God was, was the God of Jacob was to produce Israel. He didn't call Israel. He called Abraham. He called Isaac. And he called Jacob. Now, when Jacob was matured, Jacob was the one to release the corporate people. He changed his name, said Israel. And up to now, we call them Israel to the extent that Paul says that we are the Israel of God. Israel. Because God has always had an unusual affinity towards the gathering of his people. Because he said, there the Lord commands his blessing. When brothers, brethren, dwell together in unity. So our meetings, hey, well, Sadita, Sunday, our meetings, or let me put it this way, our gatherings are necessary for the work of God. Not for your personal, just for your personal testimony. It's more essential for God's work than your testimony. God needs our gathering. Satan's major target is not your, just your Christian life. His major target is to scatter our gathering. Every persecution that has arisen against the church, first point of call is the gathering. Many very good Churches with great, passionate, godly leaders. One of the attacks that they suffer is gathering. A place to the, the place they can call their. It was like that with Israel. They were moving from place to place. But whilst you are in the wilderness, it doesn't. In, uh, wilderness does not intimidate the plan of God. It gives Satan a reason to laugh, but later a reason to really be uh, disappointed. The wilderness experience does not thwart the plan of God. He's the God of the gathering. There's never any time in scripture, 
There have been times people gathered, they have a normal time. But every time they gathered to pray, God shows up differently. Because prayer, you'll be able to organize a lot of activities. But without prayer, the influence of God, it will be void of the influence of God. Don't let us get it wrong. Wearing shirts and going out does not guarantee anything. What guarantees anything is the backing of God, and not just the backing of God, but the involvement of God, the active engagement, involvement of God. That's why we come here to pray, because we can be believing God for revival, and it, it, it never comes. But not when we are praying. Prayer is the only thing. And not your private prayers, but God is looking for a church, a group of people who come together constantly in prayer, agonizing in prayer, calling on him. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Oh Lord, day and night, day and night. Church must pray so as to allow God to do. Prayer is a statement of reliance on God. Why would you pray if you are not depending on God? <laughs> Why would you pray? If you wake up in the morning, you are going to, let's say, wash your face or, or clean your mouth. Would you pray, God, help me to be able to clean my mouth? I really actually, in quotes, don't really need God's help. You pray. And when you are going for an interview, Makada, I bind the loose. When you are waiting for a, the results of something major, you have the, you, you, you pray, God, please, I need your help. We pray. So prayer is a statement of reliance on God. So when a church comes together to pray, the gathering is making a statement that actually we are a people of God and God is our source, God is our strength, and God is our help. The one who helped, who helped to stop your prayer life has really harmed you. It, can, it could be a preacher. It could be a brother. It could be a sister. It could be a system. It could be a job. It could be an opportunity. It could be a promotion. Anything that helped to quench, quench your prayer power has actually harmed your destiny. Show me, show me someone constantly praying, and I'll show you someone who God's plan will be fulfilled in their life. Even in your state, when you are down, if you can pray, something only once in the Bible prayed. And his pray- the results of his prayer caused more harm to the enemy than when he had not even prayed. And at that time he was about to die, his eyes were off, but he prayed and the results, the impact of, don't joke with a praying man. When anytime, Jesus, sorry, the Bible says, God told Solomon, he gave Solomon a word after he dedicated the temple. He said, anytime my people are in trouble and they come here, prayer and make prayer here. He's talking about gathering. In that coming together before God and lifting up prayer, he said, there's nothing God can do. Myas is waiting for prayer. But I'm not talking just about individual prayers. I'm talking about the prayer of the gathering. Prayer of the gathering. Let me put it this way. The prayer of the church. In Acts chapter 12, verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in prison. But the church had gathered and prayed for him. Read it. 
Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered. Uh, 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 what kind of prayer? What kind of prayer? Who offered that prayer? Was offered to God for him by the church. By the church, not by individuals. So what seemed impossible? Stephen died because no one prayed for him. You think the church was praying for Stephen? James died because the church didn't pray for him. Because Herod, from verse 1 to 3, from 2 and 3, Herod, Herod, sorry, Herod, King Herod killed James with the sword. He used the word with the sword, edge of the sword. And when he realized that it gave him political advantage, this is good for politics. It's good for his office. He, he, Bible said he proceeded and got Peter also. But Peter's case, the church prayed. James' case, the church didn't pray. The prayer of the church, it's very powerful. Watch, ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The prayer of the church is a powerful engine or a powerful factor, essential factor in the program of God. God can't do much except the church prays. Let me put it this way, even much more severe. God's program, eternal purpose, gets stunted, gets halted, gets blocked if the church stops praying. So let me tell you something. When we come as a church, it doesn't matter our number, just a few. But God is looking for a remnant who know how to go on their knees together. When they went to him Mm. and they said, teach us how to pray. Mm. He didn't say, when you pray, say, my father. Mm. It's prayer is, it's just thing is a body thing. Our father, start with all. You have to come together and pray. That's why you can talk about let your kingdom come. One man in your bedroom asking for his kingdom to come is a lot of work. (laughs) You can ask for him to lead you to be able to things to be in place so you can be where the gathering is. Because God's agenda is not about your peace, it's not about your well-being, it's about his program. And then once you plug into your program, your well-being begins to flow through that. Your peace begins to flow through that. But he's doing his thing. Can I show you an independent church? An independent church is a, the prayerless church. Independent. It's independent. We can organize our own programs. We'll be fine. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. We got to verse what? We got to verse 17. Thank you. All right. So let's go to verse 18. Listen to what happened. Can I preach? Can I share something just from verse 18? Can I share something from verse 18? Are you aware what is in verse 18? Read the verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Read it again. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. One more time. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And not any. How many of you know that? So, different, you know, in those times they use cows to plow, horses to travel. 
So all those things were helpers. God said, I'll make him a helper, suitable, com- comparable. That changes the kind of helper. Changes the kind. And so God said, okay, just to let you know. And then Bible said, out of the ground, the God, the Lord calls from every beast of the field. And what did he do with them? Brought them to Adam. Adam said, no, no, I don't see identification in this one. No, not good enough. No, not good enough. No, not good enough. No, not good enough. Why is the church trying to offer God a cow? Because according to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God made, said, let us make man only image and likeness. So what did God make man like? Him. God made man like God. And then God comes to that it's not good for man who is like me to be alone. So he was talking about himself. Ooh. He was talking about himself. It's not good. I need to make me. Some people haven't gotten it, but don't worry, you'll get it. Yeah. He made us like himself. And then he comes to say, it's not good for man to be alone. He did think he was talking about man. No. There and there, God instituted what is called marriage or wife. Then he tells Israel, I am, your maker is your husband. He says that, okay, I need to go die for my bride. Husbands love the world, your wives, just as Christ loved the church. Watch, 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 and gave himself for the church. God, because he needed a companion to fulfill his purpose. Comparable. And because why the church was born. And after the church is born, why are we offering him donkeys? Why are we offering him cows? The animals, the other things don't represent the church. We can be a church, but if we are not the church of Christ, church filled with Christ, living the Christ life, we are beginning to offer something else to God which he didn't intend for us to offer to him. But that's not a key thing. What has this got to do with prayer? That's why I have to... I'm trying to end. He says that after he brought the woman to man, and what, what happened? It says, therefore, a man shall oh, says, Therefore, on the basis of that, I brought a man to woman, a woman to man. Therefore, what? Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. <laughs> Mom, I've thought about this for so long. When I was growing in Christ, how can my wife and I be one flesh? Mm. Uh, uh, in, in what way? Mm. Is it because of the act of marriage? Mm. Now, the act of marriage, then those of us who, you, who had boyfriends and girlfriends and perform act of marriages, we are one with them to a certain extent, but really no one. They are going their life, they are living their life. Now you are born again preaching, so you're fine, kind of. So what is the oneness about? The oneness is a challenge, which the new, normal human being cannot understand. Then one day, the man who was given the assignment of explaining the mystery of God, so long as the church is concerned, his name is Paul. 
he was giving a lot of details about what church is about. He comes and begins to talk about, he, he, he first of all starts to talk about how Christ, God loved us, he saved us, and then he formed the church, and then he says, he, he, he talks about how the church is um, the new creation of God, made up of Jews and Gentiles, and then it goes on to talk about how he has been given the mystery of the church. If you understand his, the mystery uh, which is talk, spoken about, then it goes on to talk about how we should be one. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm, I'm, so then chapter 4, it, it goes on to talk about we should be one in the, uh, through the bond of, bond of the Spirit. We should keep the bond of the Spirit. To, uh, uh, to the, we, should, we, should, we should keep the oneness which was given by the bone of the Spirit, chapter, chapter 4, verse 3. Then it says there's one Lord, one, one. And he spoke about the ministers of the gospel. Then watch this. Now he begins to go into church life. So he spoke about the ministers of the gospel, the fivefold ministry or the ministry, ministry offices who are given for the edifying of the church so that grace can come on us for us to do the work. So in the verse four, chapter 4, verse 16, it talks about the church grows, the body grows by what every joint supply. Because we are all supposed to be supplying the church, the body grows by itself. Then it goes, it goes on the chapter uh, 4, it talks about the church service in the church and work in the church. Then it talks about we shouldn't let sin come near us and and all that so then chapter 5 he then changes the terms and then begins to go a bit more into um, boss empro employer employee relationship then from there he went into uh, um, husband and wife then when he got to the husband and wife before he came to children obey your parents in the Lord that's the same before I went to the husband and wife, he began to show the husband how you're supposed to love the wife, and the wife how you're supposed to love the husband. Is that what he said? Did he say wife love the husband? No. Wife should do what? Submit. Wife, submit to your husband. So now, the problem in the garden was Eve should have listened to Adam. Eve should have made Adam take the lead. He, she shouldn't have eaten it first. Adam, she should have, Adam, can I eat this? But an independent church, an independent church, who will not learn how to take orders from God. That's why we don't pray. <laughs> we, open for, we open the gate for the devil to come and have praise and worship in our midst. Prayerless Christians are doorways to satanic operations. <laughs> I'm saying something's very interesting, isn't it? All I'm trying to tell you is that, okay, let me let, me let Paul do the talking because Paul, Paul is my. So Paul started talking about husband, wife. So when he started relationships, after our salvation, our relationship, our vertical relationship, Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1 to chapter 3, our vertical relationship, chapter 4 to chapter 6, horizontal relationship. And the horizontal relationship, it starts with the church first our relationships in the church, because that's what God made us. He created us to be in the church. So after talking about relation, horizontal relationships in the church, he moves on to the family. And guess what? He moved on to the family. And then when he gets into the family, he, the first thing he starts talking about, in fact, he started the family first, husband and wife. Then to be able to understand how husband and wife should behave, he said the best example is to look at how God 
treats husband and wife. So actually, he was talking about God's, because marriage was not man's idea. Marriage was God's idea. Do you know why? Because he created man like him, after his likeness and his image. Are you trying to say God, God wants to get married? Didn't you get it all along? Because, God's, because of God's interest in marriage, that's why he came and died on the cross. Read your Bible. Paul said it. He said, husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for him, that he might present him, no, sorry, by the washing, uh, present him holy and pure, by the washing of the word, uh, the water, and by the word. And then he goes on to talk about, all right, let's take it from there. Chapter 25, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church mm -hmm. and gave himself for her. So how, is husband, how are husbands supposed to relate to their wives? What's the model? Christ. Ah, so husband and wife, can we say they are a type of Christ and the church? So what he was saying there is actually how Christ sees the church and how the church should see Christ. And the Christ-church relationship is that of submission. Really? I'm going to show you something. Go ahead. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself. Have you realized what he's talking about? This is all talking about Christ and the church. He just said, husband, love your wife. Then he, won't. he, he took, went on to explain how this church and Christ thing is like. His, his work is to present the church to himself. How? A glorious church. A glorious church. Not having spot. Not having spot. Or wrinkle. Or wrinkle. Or any such thing. Or any such thing. But that she should be holy and the without The church blemish. is a she. That the church should be holy and what? Without blemish. Without blemish. You, you, do you realize that normally... That's why women wear, on a wedding day, normally women wear white gowns. Yeah. And it's not supposed to be soiled. It's supposed to be very pure. If the woman, then they say cream. But when you see the image of the wife, husband and wife, it is like, you know what I'm talking about? When you see wedding pictures or toys, when you see the man in a suit, and the woman, the cake or the cake, the woman in a gown. And usually it's a white gown. Because she's supposed to be pure. That is, that is a reflection of how they, they took it. See, it's like we are looking at how God treats the marriage of Christ and the church or himself and the church to just try and import it. Into, okay, let's do it like that. How do you know how marriage should be? Look at how God treats marriage, his own marriage. No, get me on. Look at that's what Paul said. You look at the way God handles his wife, and that should inform you about how your small marriage you should handle it. Who says the page pays for marital relationship? God, but is God married? Check your Bible. God has a plan for marriage. That's why from the beginning he said it is not good for man to be alone. In other words, it is, not, it, wasn't, it is not good that I should be alone. In my project, I'm creating a counterpart called man. Listen, the body, the head without the body is useless. 
who is the body of Christ? Who is the head of Christ? Jesus Christ himself is the head and we are the body. You can't detach us. Is that not oneness? Yes. Yes. You, I'll show you something. <laughs> Finish reading it. And I'll show you where my mother and father really, they are no one. Even though they are one, they are actually no one. Two shall become one flesh. Because I've not seen anyone who has actually been physically harmed by going their separate ways. So these two shall become one flesh. I, mean, I don't know how you see. I've been thinking, we have been explaining it, eh? but really, ah, that thing has always remained a mystery. Is it not a mystery to you? It's a mystery. Is it not a mystery? Pastor Joshua, continue. That he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Okay. So husbands. So husbands. So you see, God's own is there already. So now I said, example of marriage is Christ and the church. That's what he's saying. Exam, what's the, the best example, the actual example of marriage? The actual example of marriage is Christ and the church. Marriage, human marriage, is almost, I believe, a type of the actual thing. Yeah. Our marriages are not actual marriage. No, no, no. Can I explain it? I'm not yeah. saying that you're not married. Okay, I'm not saying that. <laughs> you're not saying that. Because we get separated, either by death, either by contentions, either by uh, affairs, uh, different things can separate us, and actually we go, nothing really harms us, apart from the emotional attachment, but we get over it. Pastor, please read day. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. He says that, so it's true that your wife is your flesh. It's a mystery. That's what I'm trying to say. Pastor, why is not here? She doesn't know what I'm preaching about. My Bible says that she's my flesh. If I don't treat her where, if I, I do, he said, if you, uh, he who loves his wife loves himself. So if I love her where I treat her, I talk well about her, I'm talking well about myself. Vice versa. That's, that's, it's a mystery, but it's true. But the actual, the actual reality of it, the actual mystery of it, which human mind can understand so we all meet Christ, is with Christ and it. Read it. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are, for we are members of his body, hmm. of his flesh, hmm. and of his bones. Mm-hmm. For this reason, a man shall leave his... Ah! Go ahead. Is that not what God said in Genesis? Yeah. Is that not what God said in Genesis 2 for? Yeah. After he said it's not good for man to be alone, and he put them together, he's saying... He's saying that this marriage thing that my husband loved, that everything that I'm telling you about marriage is really Christ and the church. Wow. I'll prove it. Read it. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Watch this. Uh-huh. This is a great mystery. This is what? Is this, what? is this not what I'm telling you? Yeah. This, he said this thing is a great, not a small one. No, 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 no. The mystery of mysteries. Hmm. 
husband and wife, one flesh. How does it work? I don't understand. So, your uncle's former wife, is she one flesh with him still? Or the divorce stops it? What is it? So what? This thing is, uh, it's a great mystery. What did he say? Did he say it's a great mystery? Yes. Read it again. This is a great mystery. Uh Uh-huh. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Oh. Oh. So actually, the thing is about Christ and the church, you know. It's about Christ. So when God says that, therefore, a man shall leave his mother and father to be clean, he was actually talking about... When he said it's not good for man to be alone, he was such. Oh, oh. I told you. He was actually talking about Christ and the church. That's the actual marriage. Which up to now is a great mystery amongst men. Until we get to the marriage, marriage supper of the Lamb. And for the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his bride has made his herself ready. Hallelujah for the Lord our God, the Almighty reign. That's the song they sang in heaven. When she said, I saw the bride adorn, the city adorn as a bride for his, her husband. And the husband, the lamb, the wife of the lamb, which is the bride. That marriage supper. That's why Jesus spoke about Matthew 22, about the, the virgins. The virgin. It was about a marriage supper. They couldn't wait long enough. The foolish ones didn't put in extra oil. Now he said, he said, I will work it, sir. He said, he said, he said, it's not good for man to be. Which man was he talking about? Which man? Which one? Oh no, which man? Which man? How many Adams have we ever had? Are you sure? Two Adams. Two Adams. The first one and the last one. And he said, Adam can't be alone. So the first one, they open the woman inside, pull a woman out. The second one, they open his side on the cross. Ah, what are you talking about? Ah. So this marriage thing is, in human terms, is to stabilize families and communities. Communities without marriages will not go anywhere. It's, it's a fake, rubbish community. Because mm. <laughs> the more Satan paves, gets away, he begins to dismantle the key structures of society. The more God comes in, we begin to reinforce the key structures of society. Satan is losing it, and we are so those Satan are using who manage to be in power. When they see the church, they know that these are the agents that can spoil our loosening of the things. So, because they are the Bible says the church, which is the, the grounds of the pillar of truth. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. What I just said is in first Timothy. The church says the church is, is the house of the living God, the grounds and the pillar of truth. Then he goes on to say that this is a great, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. This whole thing about God is amazing. So all I wanted to say about prayer is Eve going to eat the fruit without Adam. The more we are not praying, the more we are going to be eating the offer of Satan without checking on Christ, the head of the church.
Listen, if Adam and Eve is not about some comical personalities or fic, fic, uh, fictional personalities, no, they are actually, they may be actual human beings, but actually it's more about Christ and the church. Take your eyes off Adam and Eve, and anything between Adam and Eve, look at it in the light of the church. Prayerless church is not different from Eve eating the fruit. But our own Adam is an obedient Adam. The last Adam is an obedient Adam. But the church is becoming like Eve. We don't like prayers. We don't like, we have systems. <laughs> we have systems to pull crowds. We know how programs, so hey, program today, special prophet one, prophet two, apostle three, bishop four, archbishop six, pope eight. They come in, in their numbers. We, we have programs. We know how to work church. So we really don't have to agonize. We are organizers. We are not organizers. We are organizers. We are not agonizers. We can organize everything. The church, Reverend Isu says that it is like false, false breasts. We don't pray. We don't agonize. We don't call on him. We don't depend on him because we know how to put things together on Facebook. We have powerful cameras. We, have, we can pay bills to do stuff. So we don't pray. Eve generation. Eve. And the serpent is coming again. The serpent. Eve. Learn. How to submit. Wives, submit yourself to your own husband. Eve should have done that. It shouldn't have lost, caused them losing the garden. We want revival. It can never happen if we don't pray. I started by saying prayer is a statement of reliance on God. Submission to God. When Jesus taught us to pray, he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. It starts with honoring God. You are in heaven. Hallowed be then. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. As it is in heaven. Then before you talk about give us. It's all about you. It's all about you. Submission. Prayer is one of the, the actual means for the church to stay in submission. To the, her husband. Who is Christ. <laughs> wow. He said, this is a great mystery. Nevertheless, I speak concerning Christ and the church. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.